You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name, it's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Welcome to the show. The interview subject I have prepared for you is Eddie Hamida from Suicide Silence. Now, this is a very interesting chat. The first reason is that it's an opportunity to talk to Eddie about Suicide Silence's virtual world tour concept that has the band performing for fans across the globe throughout July 2020. The second reason is that I had been wanting to gauge Eddie's take on the self-titled album released in 2017. That's the one that many fans took to social media to vent about and accused the band of veering too far off course by adopting techniques typically found in a Korn or a Deftones album. And the third reason... Well, long-time listeners will know that I enjoy talking politics and current affairs. Eddie certainly has a view on Black Lives Matter, the riots and the looting that has followed, and also the 2020 presidential election, and it is this subject matter that contributes heavily to the conversation. Now, what actually happened is that we started with the politics, we just got stuck into it. Then we segued into the self-titled album chat, and then onto the virtual world tour concept. Eddie asked that I edit the conversation so the virtual world tour concept comes first. It leads, because that is a compelling event behind the chat, and then the other subjects follow. So here he is, Eddie Hermita from Suicide Silence. Mate, I love the way you hatch this plan, and it's a bloody good plan too to spread the word because, uh, look, you need to bring fans into the arena of your live performance because you are a crushing live band. That video for two steps is just brutal and, and i mean look become the hunter i'm not not blowing smoke up your ass here unnecessarily it's one of the albums of the year by far it's a it's a very very strong heavy metal album i just call it heavy metal these days mate because i think you guys have i understand your point about deathcore but i think you guys are a bit beyond that now i think you're now a universal band that the maiden fans of the priest fans that the metallica fans have adopted you know what i mean when i say that no longer just holy shit cool. yeah i mean I know what you mean, but uh, it, it, as a fan, as, as a metal fan, to, 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 to be put on the same uh, same pedestal as the greats like that, man, it, it, it's uh, I appreciate it. I'm 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 honored for to hear you say that. I mean, uh, you are just one person, but it still means a lot. Yeah, sweet. Well, look, it's a it's it's a brutal album. I love it. But you know, the thing is, with this bloody COVID thing, it might have slipped through the cracks. But you have <laughs> yeah. taken the initiative here, and look, you've got the label behind mm-hmm. your Nuclear Blast. I do a bit of stuff for Nuclear Blast myself uh, in Australia here, and mm. also bands bands in town. Sorry, you go. You say something. You go. No, I just said sick. That's cool. Oh, sweet. No worries. But look, you know, you got bands in town. Uh, they're on board as well. And look, it's great mm-hmm. to see. And I know for a fact, fans appreciate what you're doing with this virtual tour here. So can you talk me through the initiation of the project though? Like, because of course you've got to think outside of the box. So how did you arrive at this conclusion? Uh, Absolutely. Um, Okay. So just to do a quick overview um, and let me preface this by saying, maybe we should start, you know, when you edit this at all, if you do edit this, maybe we should put this at the beginning of the interview just so that (laughs) we can kind of, uh, I can explain, um, what the, the the whole purpose of this of, of me taking this call today was to explain this tour and uh, I've been seeing that a lot of people don't understand what we are doing. Um, they, they really okay. I've been seeing I've been seeing a lot of people being like, ah, not another live stream. God, why can't you just shut up and wait till till this thing opens back up? And to those fans, unfortunately, we can't wait. Um, we took a big risk with the last record 
and uh, we were, you know, we were set to start this path to bring this record to the world, to show everybody the music, to get people who don't live their lives on the internet some live shows that they can they can partake in, and then COVID hit, and um, really, we sat down for months and we were like, okay, do we do this? live stream do we do that live stream uh you know do we do we all just kind of sit at home and you know start filming our practices while we you know while we write another record um we considered writing another record and we're like no fuck that shit like why like we live in the internet internet age like why are we letting this this separation be us and um we came to the conclusion that one of the reasons we were so against doing a live stream was because they look kind of lame. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to diss anybody. I'm not trying to say that people aren't doing shit right. People are doing the best they can. Um, but you have to think about what the internet is. It's entertainment. People go to it for their news. People go to it for their TV shows and for their music. Just like the tube in front of you that runs off the cable that some some city provides for you. Or some billionaire fucking provides for you Mm -hmm. instead of that we have this open-ended place where we can say whatever the fuck we want we can run a show however the fuck we want we can do whatever we want there is no rules so when you when you look at that you're like holy shit this is actually fucking perfect how come nobody is getting real cameras why is nobody putting on you know building a sound stage and putting on a, a real good quality show you know, we decided to link up with um, our our good friends. Uh, one was a uh, tour tour manager slash front of house technician of ours who mm-hmm. um, decided to step away from that and start doing live streaming for um, uh, big seminars. Um, and he learned that whole live streaming thing. And he came to us and he's like, "Guys, I can I can we can do a an extremely high quality fast." Um, stream really easy and my buddy who's been doing reality tv for a long time has all these cameras that we can rent at a fucking reasonable price Hmm. so we said fuck it let's go and we we instead of doing it in, in our garage you know simple we decided to go big and we rented a massive massive soundstage and we set up uh a bunch of trusts we set up a bunch of lights and we're going to be filming this like a TV show, like a live TV show, like the news, like fucking yeah, like get any of your it's favorite nice. fucking TV programs that are, that are live. It's absurd to me that people haven't thought of this. And, um, that right there in itself is already more than a lot of people are doing. And we decided to take it even further. So we're going to add skits. So we filmed, mm-hmm. like we spent the month of June just sitting there coming up with stupid ideas and you know comedic things that we could just throw out there really absurd shit um all of us like to laugh in the band we like to have fun and we think that there isn't enough of that in music people take themselves too fucking seriously and uh there's enough seriousness in the world we want to make people laugh we want to make people feel entertained and um we are adding these skits and then even further we're gonna do a q a after Nice. Um, yep. our friends at liquid death, they, uh, they decided that they wanted to help out 
they saw the they saw the how big this opportunity really is, and uh, they're going to be providing waters for us while we have a conversation with the fans after we're done playing. Um, and it's going to be about an hour and a half. Um, Ten bucks gets you an hour and a half of just chilling, watching us. Um, you can, you know, if you if you have your small little homeostasis, I would say invite the people that aren't <laughs> sick over, order a pizza, fucking turn on Suicide Silence, dude, and let's fucking have a good time, dude. Join us in the chat mosh. Mark calls it the chat chat mosh to his uh, Patreon fans, <laughs> and you know, you know that he we want people to be interactive, man. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give them choices like hey do you want to hear this song or that song you know like Excellent. um yep. vote now you know stuff like that um we want to make this as interactive and as special as possible and again even further we are not making this open to the internet and that's why we're asking for ten dollars because right. we're yep. we invested a lot of money into this to make it look good and if we just gave it away for free to the whole internet where's the scene where's the camaraderie where is, you know, hey, that babe who I see at all the shows, you know, that babe that I see at all the shows, I know her screen name, and <laughs> she's going to show up in the chat because there's only people from Australia or from New Zealand in this chat, you know? Yes. Uh, we, so we, we, we we're, you know, we get it. It's the internet. You know, there there is that feeling of you're by yourself and not really amongst a bunch of other people but we want to try to get that as close as possible honestly um it was it's something that's really important to us we come from a scene you know all of us come from going to shows with your best friends and then meeting up with another crew of best friends and just having 15 people that you're just like these are the, my fucking people you know and that's what we're trying to bring to this whole thing we we we, we want to bring that that love again because especially right now we need we need to love each other more than anything else. I thought it was best I put in these audio signposts just so they know where we're at in the conversation. So that uh, wound up the chat regarding the virtual world tour. Next up, you'll hear from Eddie sharing his thoughts on the self-titled album from 2017. Um, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, the I just tour, right, right. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I just <laughs> look. I just. I, <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's okay. I'll, I'll pause for a second. I'll say. I think it's so important that fans understand that you are human and that you have views. It's not, I mean, the music is crucially important. I'm a, as I say, I'm a musician and it's so important but for bands like you. I mean, I love the fact that you guys are around doing what you guys do. I, I was a big fan of the last album that you guys released, not, um, uh, the oh, Become shit. the Thank Hunter, you, but the Become the Hunter short I, I, too. But, but I, yeah, I liked the self-titled effort and I know you guys copped a lot of shit for that which I thought was really unfair. A bit like what happened to Trey in Morbid Angel with Allude to Venom Insane. So a lot of the criticism became personal. And I think you guys handled yourselves really well through that. Uh, I mean, thank you. Um, you know, uh, in hindsight, you know, you, 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 uh, I can look back and see a couple things that I, I, I did wrong. And um, I can see, uh, you know, uh, from, from a different perspective, I can see where the fans are coming from. Uh, at the time, I was a little bit more hurt because the first time I'd really uh, personal diary, diary stuff into the music. And when people were, you know, ridiculing the song Doris, which is about my family, my personal family, it really affected me. You know, it, 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 uh, it hurt Great my feelings. Fantastic track. Th thank you. Um, 
you know, uh, uh, it, it hurt. It hurt because I let it hurt me. And I even even if I tried to um, be strong and you know have that position of like, you know, fuck everybody, we're gonna do whatever we want. Um, at the end of the day, we uh, still love our fans very much, and um, it, it's like if it's like if you know, you, you have to make a decision on where to eat and you're with your girlfriend and you know, she's not telling you what she wants and you just go, okay, cool. We're going to fucking go eat here. And when you get there, it's kind of an upsetting meal. It's not what you wanted. You still got fed and still delicious meal, but it's not what you wanted. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where I understand where the fans are coming from. They didn't get the record that suicide silence should have done that you know that that the, that suicide silence is you know um mm. and we needed to do that record like we needed to do that record to understand fully where we sit because as a deathcore band you never know like what is deathcore like really think about that shit what is deathcore yeah. death metal you can sit there and analyze it death metal is this kind of vocals with this kind of beat you break it down a little bit it doesn't really change every band sounds exactly the same deathcore you can have bands like Born of Osiris, like Immure, like Acacia Strain, um, Thy Art is Murder, um, uh, Suicide Silence, All Shall Perish, Job for a Cowboy, Winds of Plague, all of those bands, Carnifex, all those bands sound so different from one another. Yeah, of course, yeah. Whitechapel. And we're all considered deathcore. So what is deathcore? And really, that's kind of what we set out to understand in that last record for ourselves. And for Suicide Silence, Deathcore is Ross Robinson, Slipknot, Korn, Deftones. Mm. Those bands were massive to our upbringing when we were the age of our fans. And honestly, when Slipknot um, put out uh, uh, Subliminal Verses, yeah. I, I wasn't a fan. As an adult now, I've gone back and listened to it and been like, fuck yeah, that record rules because I'm able to see it from a different perspective. And one of my beliefs is that fans are going to turn around after we release another couple records and go and look at that record and be like, you know what? That record was actually bomb. I see where they were coming from and I like it now. Um, we knew that oh, when we were writing it and, and at the end of the day, that's, that's why we were able to get through it and handle ourselves somewhat well. But mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I will say that, I, I did let some of those fans affect me because I love them so much. And, um, and, and, and it, it was, it was tough. It was tough to, to, to hear that from the fans that have always praised me. You know, I've, I haven't hardly ever dealt with real, um, you know, real adversity. You know, I, I even think that Mitch dealt with more, uh, fan hatred than I ever did. You know, mm. people liked all shall perish eh, to a fault, you know, like, it's almost like we never had any controversy, so we never got any hype because of it, you know? And, and Suicide Silence always had this, like, super, super dedicated fan base and this other fan base that would like them and pays attention to them, but they seriously only exist to talk shit. Uh, yeah. So joining the band was the first time I'd ever really dealt with crazy, crazy adversity. And even then, they liked my vocals. They just wanted Mitch. And mm -hmm. that's, that's not personal. I can't take that personal. I'm, you know, I can't bring back a dead person. So how, how the fuck am I going to take it personal that he's not here anymore? Um, when they attacked my, the music, that's when, that's when it hit me personally. And it was kind of the first time that I've dealt with that. Um, so I, I do feel like I, 
I could have dealt with it better. I would have, I would deal with it better now. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that's where I'll leave this. So that concludes the conversation regarding the self-titled album from 2017. Next up, it's the current affairs stuff. I bet how's the how's the calls been going with us Australian media types? Do we treat you do we treat you better than the rest of the world, or about the same? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you're my first two interviews with uh, so yesterday. So today was with uh, New Zealand and uh, with you, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for me today. Um, Mark's on the, on the horn with uh, I believe he's on the horn with London today. Is he? Yeah, I had a chat to Mark about. Oh, it would have been six months ago or so. Um, and uh, my, he and my chat because I have a podcast series, so I'll let you know that if you're cool, I intend on releasing what we what we talk about here on my podcast series. But that was a chat that blew up where he said uh, that he'd leave the country if Donald Trump got back in at the end of the year. So I felt for yeah. him about that. You know, isn't it fucking ridiculous <laughs> that you can't have an opinion either side of the political yeah. coin, by the way, and without these dickhead so-called metal fans taking aim at you? You know. Um kind of rough because i always grew up with uh metalheads being really politically activated and metalheads being really uh, aggressive towards you know injustice and i mean fuck listen to metallica for fuck's sake uh, mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah and then now now all of a sudden you have people who uh they get uh, they get all up in arms when a musician or an artist decides to speak out about uh you know political aspects you know i mean we're still mm-hmm. people too at the end of the day and politics affects us uh, as as much as anybody else so if you guys are, are bummed out at our opinion uh, maybe you should uh, have your own and shut the bug up <laughs> yep basically <laughs> that's it that's... about that though, <laughs> I, I i really think that uh, when people start getting all bummed out on musicians having opinions it's it's ridiculous like uh, you know is, that's yeah. like saying nobody should have an opinion Agrees. Yeah, agreed, mate. Mate, you're a taxpayer, you're a citizen, you're a voter. I mean, everybody's opinion is, is of equal weight. And uh, musicians have always provided deeper insight, I think, because we're more sensitive to things. And I'm a musician too, so that's when I include myself into this. You know, we, we tend to sort of look a bit deeper than, say, the average person. And that's just the way we're wired. Uh, I agree, man. Uh, uh, y- you know, for the most part, people who speak out about, uh, you know, political injustices are people who it affects um you know i'm personally emotionally affected by what's going on in our country right now you know like what's going on in america right now it's 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 disgusting and the fact that people have a hard time acknowledging the fact that the racism is real is appalling to speak out, out about it because racist that's why uh and if anybody has a problem with it, they can lick my sack, honestly. When, when you guys are traveling throughout the United States, did you... I don't... I've, I've been there twice, so I don't really have my finger on the pulse on on, on uh, what goes on in the day-to-day there. But did you, did you feel as though, you know, all these years that you've been touring throughout all of the states of the United States, that we could potentially be where we are right now talking to each other, where there's just the, the scenes of violence and looting because of the... as a consequence of... George Floyd, it feels to me like as though it was a tinder, a powder keg the entire time, and I was just waiting for something to ignite it, and then it's happened. Um, uh, here, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, so, the way I feel is that since I was a little kid, 
there's been injustice towards people of different color. Um, I grew up uh, in a very brown neighborhood. I'm, I'm a Latino kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a very Filipino and black neighborhood. Uh, very, a, a very, uh, you know, run-down urban uh, area of, of San Francisco. And, it, you know, it's where they pushed everybody who wasn't rich and and uh, cities cities like uh, Colma. Um, and it's mainly because they started seeing that San Francisco was worth something. So they've been pushing people out and gentrifying and creating this injustice for a very long time. And what I am seeing today is the new generation being fed up Hmm. and doing the things that my generation and the generation before mine understood, but did not know how to act upon. And I'm really proud. I'm really proud of what I'm seeing, the the activated people. Uh, I'm really proud that, you know, this, this new generation is stepping up and I'm going to step up too. And that's why I have been, I mean, if, uh, you know, if people follow my social media, it's, hmm. you know, they'll see that every day. I, you know, I do something that at least opened my eyes a little bit more and I want to open up other people's eyes. You know, the band don't donates to, uh, to a cause. We've created a shirt that, uh, donates to the black lives matter movement. Um, right, okay. I personally donated, um, you know, and these, these are things that whenever something comes up, because this isn't the first time, this is not the first time that we've had somebody murdered on live TV. You know what I mean? This is not, yeah, yeah. this is not the first time I've seen it. This is not the first time anyone's seen it, especially the world. I, I just think now people are actually activated. People are actually doing the movements and people are actually making the racists in our country afraid. And when you corner an animal, they lash out the hardest. Okay. There you go. And that's why it seems so crazy is because we're seeing the true beginnings of an awakening in what is uh, systemic racism. People understanding that this is a reality. People opening up their eyes to how small and minute the, 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 the effects can be on somebody and then how large those same effects can be on somebody else based on where they live, how much money they're making and how, and how they've been set aside from other people. That's what systemic racism is. And that's what systemic mm-hmm. oppression is. And it, it, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, that I've had to endure the same thing as my black brothers and sisters. At all, like I'm, not, I'm never going to say that. But systemic, systemic oppression exists all over the fucking world. And one of the things that I have seen, and I've been privy to, and I've had the luxury of being able to do, is see the rest of the world. And I can speak on that from a point of a point of poignancy. Hmm. I know for a fact that oppression exists everywhere, and. I really do believe that we're in a state where people are starting to wake up to that. People are starting to, to, to understand that there is 
a way out of that racism and there is a way out of that that oppression i'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment okay so i'm about fifteen thousand kilometers away from you where you are at the moment so my my view to the u.s is courtesy of what i see on twitter uh facebook and a bit of instagram but twitter in particular okay is a fucking sewer we know that but I've yeah. seen, I can't tell you how many videos I've seen of white people being dragged out of cars and had fireworks fired at them. Um, I'm being uh, what we call spear tackled into the ground using a rugby league parlance. Um, if you were just taking on face value some of the videos that are being filmed by regular people, the consequences to this might be a, are probably a bridge too far. I mean, we're basically seeing people get murdered on Twitter at the moment. And it's some of the ways that they're dying are fucking horrific. I've got to be frank. And I've got to say a lot of what I've seen is um, that I I don't know how else to say it, mate, but black people attacking white people. And I know I'm not making a generalized statement here. I'm only talking about what I've seen on the videos there. But what do you say to people who use that then as motivation to go, this protest movement has now going way too far. It is about anarchy and chaos and extreme violence. Um, as a, as a person who has spent a lot of his life watching injustice happen and seeing no action, let me preface this by saying I'm from Venezuela. Okay, and yeah, I didn't know that. There I, go. I've, I've literally watched as the country that I'm from has burned up and, and gone to rubble because people decided that they were going to peaceably protest a coup. It's absurd to me. If, if someone is willing to take violence and use it against you, and your response is to put up a, up a couple signs, I understand, and I, I, I fully get it, and I do know that an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. I'm, I'm not advocating for violence, and I don't believe that you're going to get anything done through brute force. I, I really do believe that at the end of the day, you're supposed to... Uh, you're supposed to talk things out. That's how you grow. That's how you learn is having some compassion for the person in front of you, allowing them to have compassion for you and to have a discourse. Now, that being said, a lot of the people that stand on the opposite side don't, are not trying to hear discourse Hmm. and they're throwing out wild allegations, trying to point fingers at everything, but the, the fact, and that shit pisses people off, man. And at the end of the day, I kind of understand if you're a 20-something-year-old black person in the United States and you watched for the hundredth time a police officer take advantage of a fucking human being. Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be... I, 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 I'm not even... like I've never had to deal with that, and I am bothered by it. Um. So just to be clear, Ed, you're not you're not justifying the violence disgusting. that I'm talking about. You're you're just you're saying you understand where it's coming from. Pardon? 
So you're not you're not saying you're justifying the violence. You're just saying you understand the emotion behind it. Is that just want to get it right? That's all. I I I I I know where they're coming from. I get their anger. I hope. I hope people can look past their anger and utilize that anger in the proper ways. But if you can't, I fully understand because there is no, there is no justice for George Floyd at this point. Even if those guys go to jail, what does that do? That doesn't do anything. That doesn't bring him back. And it doesn't bring who has been murdered. It, it, it doesn't matter. Why are, why are these white kids that are shooting up schools being, get, being brought hamburgers while people who are, you know, I, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm losing a little bit of train of thought because it's upsetting to me. But at the end of the day, sure. yeah, no, I kind of understand I it, understand man. I, I, I kind of yeah. get it. Okay. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Well, I, when I say I, I can acknowledge what you're saying, but of course I can't fully understand what you're saying because I'm not from there. You know, I only see the videos and uh, there's just a fucking lot of yeah. them online. That's all. And what, what probably, that's probably the most um, concerning thing for people. You've traveled the world, mate. You've been to Australia many times. I know that. So you know what we're like. Uh, we don't, we don't have, yeah, you, you, we don't have that level of violence here. So it's, it's very distressing to us to see citizens of the United States. And I'm going to make this point now. There seems to be this, even within the United States, but abroad as well, this whole idea that the United States isn't the strongest and most, isn't the isn't the leading light in the world, that the world would be a better place. And I'd say bullshit to that. You know, the United States has brought so much innovation. Um, it's it's the the overall good that the United States has brought to the world since World War Two. My grandfather fought alongside U.S. troops in World War Two. It, it brought so. innovation, and then you cut out. Oh, sorry. Um, I heard you say innovation, and then it cut out. Well, it's so much innovation and so much, so much good things to the world. I'll just encapsulate it in that way. It's a fairly simplistic term, but I'll say it that way. The world isn't going to benefit if the United States falls politically or economically. It, it, just, it just won't, okay? For all of the United States' faults, I'll always defend it to, in, with anybody, you know? And I know there's, this, there's always been this US bashing, you know, this Yank bashing, as we call it in Australia. But yeah. this, this, shit, this shit that we're seeing here now you know, and I think it's always because the U.S. has been the strongest economy. It's always had the most vigorous and most robust outlook. But, man, I just feel like we're looking at the decline of something great. It's almost like the beginning of the fall of Rome. Are there, are they sentiments that, uh, that that you feel as well? Um, I, I'd be remiss if I said if I said that I didn't feel the same way. Um, again, because I've had the luxury of getting out of America and seeing the world. I, I am able to see the effects of what we do politically. Um, uh, I'm also a very lucky person because I come from a family of politicians. And hmm. um, I was taught at a very young age how to seek answers and how to find uh, information. And um, I'm... I'm lucky because I, I look at both sides and um, really what I'm seeing and one of the things that people aren't really talking about enough is that I believe that the Cold War never ended. Mm -hmm. And that espionage game that's been going on for 
almost a century now, uh, we finally lost it. Hmm. And now what we're seeing is more than ever, we're seeing people who have the same opinion pitted so far, far, far away from each other. We're pitted against each other. And there is more civil discourse amongst friends than ever before. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing more and more musicians falling into this, uh, you know, QAnon thing. And I'm seeing more and more musicians blindly follow this liberal agenda. It's, it's upsetting because I'm a very liberal minded person. Um, I'm slightly conservative when it comes to money as you should be because money, you know, goes away. Sure. Yeah. And it is, it is a form of status, unfortunately. So, I mean, I do have some conservative values, but for the most part, I, I lean, I lean to the left, man. Like I think people should be taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's people who don't believe that way and I understand their position. It's, it's not mine, but that's fine. That does what I just said to you doesn't exist anymore. Right now, if someone were to say to me, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a conservative. My mind. And this is, this is like, I'm telling you that this is pressed into my head. My mm-hmm. mind goes, Oh, well you, that's, that's a problem. That, that's, a, that's a huge issue, man. Because without thinking twice, I've judged that person. And I've done exactly what I'm trying not to do. And mm-hmm. that is why I feel like the rest of the world is starting to feel like America is declining. But there's a part of me that really feels like the more we keep pushing these the buttons and the pushing this envelope, that people are going to start seeing that at the end of the day, we actually all want the same shit and we just want to live happy lives, be comfortable and treat everybody fairly and responsibly. You know, you, you're responsible yeah. for your own actions in this world. Just like I'm responsible for my own actions and let's move forward. Hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's what political systems exist for. So there to be discourse and for there to be conversation. Right now we're in we're in this violent era. Like we're in this era where people are not hearing each other and we're being completely separated. And I really do believe that Russia had a lot to do with that. And I think what the West rest of the world is witnessing is America losing that Cold War that happened before most of us were even born. So mm. if you wanted to ask me about my conspiracy theory, there it is. Um, I don't really, you know, I try not to, I try not to cater to that too much. Um, just because at the end of the day, I don't really know. I'm not an expert. Um, but it's just how I feel. And, you know, to answer your question in a simple way, I do think that this is the end of the end of America as it was and the beginning of America as a world entity and as an entity that connects itself to the rest this planet that we're on gotcha yeah hey i'll just do a time check because believe me we, we can def- i'd love to keep talking but have i only got 20 minutes and that, <laughs> that'd be it but uh, have you got somebody else coming through sure now? i mean um, you're, you're you're my last call of the day so we can we can get into the next subject without any without you feeling pressed 
Well, look, you're an intelligent bloke and you're articulate and I think you've made some good points in there and one of them was that you, you talked about this, this idea at the... Well, I'm going to paraphrase it and say you uh, have correctly identified that people now more than ever have become ideologues. So say, for example, if someone says that they're liberal in the new sense of the word these days, you know that they're going to accuse... They automatically accuse all white people of racism or having some sort of racist tendencies. They're also going to accuse the majority of the people in the States of being Islamophobes. You know where I'm headed and homophobic, this yeah. sort of thing. And they try to yeah. use the simplest slogans possible. And I, my view on that is that we've got a generation that have grown up with social media and not used to forming ideas properly. So they just buy into the, the ideologue met methodology of just saying, well, I'm mm -hmm. liberal, so therefore that means that I'm all this. And to, a, and to be honest, to a much lesser extent on the right, you've got the conservatives who tend to... You still get a lot of people like Rudy Giuliani who are for abortion within three months but then still have still have that Republican conservative outlook, which doesn't necessarily make them an ideologue. But are you seeing a lot of that with some of your liberal colleagues and friends as well? And I, th I think you've mentioned it a little bit as well, but I think that's a real issue that we face at the moment. Um, oddly enough, I'm only seeing this on the internet. Oddly enough. Mm -hmm. The stuff that I'm seeing in person, I have conversations with crazy conservatives left and right. I challenge them all the time. I want to hear what they have to say. And I can't, I can't think of one person that sat and said something racist to me. Um, a lot of the conservatives that I speak to, they believe that black lives matter. They believe that, you know, hey, homosexuality is not for me. Hmm. But should I be judging you? Should I be telling you what to do with your life? No. Yeah. And... And these are conservative people. These are, these are people of, of faith, people of, you know, people of conservative values. And mm -hmm. they're even on more open-minded than you would ever think. So what the reality is, and kind of what I, I think at the end of the day, what I want to stamp on this conversation is, please go out and have a conversation with somebody that you're going to disagree with and have a rational conversation. Mm. Don't raise your voice have some compassion and listen to each other because if we stop listening to each other, all this shit's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. And these things that are not affecting you because you're sitting at home are going to start affecting you. And I really want people to, if they take anything from this whole conversation, they may think I'm an idiot. They may think I'm a genius, whatever the fuck they want. I don't care what you think until you come up to my face and talk to me. And that's what I want to hear. And that's what I want yes. to see. Yes. I, want, I want more open discourse. I want more people sharing their beliefs because that is how move forward. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a right-hand turn now. And I did something similar when I had a chat to Mark. And we ended up having... We ended up going... We ended up having some a conversation here that I think brought uh, a lot of new ideas to people that they hadn't yet thought of. But my own view, and I think it was shared by Mark too, is that psilocybin, Acusa, these sort of things here, these are a must moving forward for society. Because I think there's a lot of great theories out there that we basically evolved from being primates to our current form because we found psilocybin and acusa or maybe not AQ, or ayahuasca that's what it's called sorry ayahuasca these sort of things that produce mm -hmm. 
access to extra dimensions and the like. So I know it's a big tangent to draw, but do you see a place for that in society moving forward as being one of the pillars that we need to adopt in order to become more open-minded, more accepting, and therefore, frankly, fucking far less violent than what we are at the moment? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, there's not, I think that uh, we're in the beginning stages of finding out what psilocybin can actually do. Um, you know, I, I do see that, uh, you know, altered states can affect people and, and, and bring them to levels of psychosis that, um, they didn't know. Some people aren't ready for, for, for an awakening like that. Um, I hate to call out conservative people, Mm. but at the end of the day, a a person who, who fully believes in an afterlife, a God, um, taking a trip is going to completely shatter your reality. Exactly. And some people, it can drive them into psychosis. Like, uh, you know, I've, I, my old band, uh, all shall perish. My, my guitarist, Ben is, is, is he had a friend that com- like went off the deep end, uh, you know, and you, you take, you take one hit of acid too much and, it might be you never come back. I mean, some people will argue. Some people will say the opposite. Um, I do think that all this needs to be tested properly and 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 and, and overviewed. But yeah, man, I I do think that at the end of the day, you know, a lot of depression is going to be annihilated. A lot of uh, yes. anxiety is going to be annihilated. And I mean, ultimately, fear is what leads to violence. I mean, if if you ever listen to Yoda, you know, anger leads to <laughs> suffering, man. Yeah. And, and, uh, so true. and that's, that, those, that's a real thing. Anytime I've ever been violent in my life, uh, you know, gotten into a fight or, you know, been upset with a girlfriend and you end up having an argument, you know, even those like non acts of violence, you know, have this like semblance of fear. Like if there's, there's, it, it comes from a point of fear. I think the racists are, are just people who are afraid of something different, you know, and really, that, that, to me, that's all it is. And I, I believe that so, for some people, taking the veil off and seeing the multiple dimensions that we, we've learned to rationalize, hmm. um, these irrational fucking things, like, I, you know, the world melting away is not rational. So immediately you can, you can go into a state of psychosis because you're, you're, your whole world is falling apart. But the reality is, you're just breaking the, the constructs inside of your mind. You're breaking the rule set that you grew up believing was true. And as much as I'm a firm believer that uh, psychedelics and um, especially psilocybin, which is a natural yes, big one. grown thing, uh, chemical, I believe that humans can find a, an inner peace and through inner peace, being able to face the world the way you were supposed to, with confidence, with love, and with power. Those three things will make you the best human being. And I just don't think we're ready for that. I don't. I, I think that we need to go through a little bit more. Um, and I, 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 I see it happening right now. Like uh, You see the ignorance boiling to the surface, and you see the constructs of life kind of being broken down in front of people and 
the, the more we continue pushing this envelope, the better it's going to be. And the more ready people are going to be for uh, uh, facing the gods, man, because ultimately yeah. that's what it is. You, you just, uh, you, you face the, the, the otherworldly extraterrestrial beings that have given us the breath in our fucking lungs. Well, there's this fella called uh, Graham Hancock. You may have heard of him, but he's he's not a history revisionist. I think he's fantastic, you know. And uh, his view, and I only watched one of his videos last night on YouTube. It was a very good special. It goes for about an hour and a half. One of the top hits if anybody out there wants to search for it. But he talks about politicians, and I, I might get this wrong here, but in terms of the volume, it's not the point is is intact. But the the he says politicians need to have experienced ten trips via ayahuasca before they decide to go into politics. And I thought, fuck, that'd solve a lot of the problems. <laughs> <laughs> that would be stellar. Um, Imagine that. Uh, yeah, man. I, I, I think that uh, a lot of people who are in uh, positions of violence, uh, you know, where violence is, is a part of your job. Um, when you are a politician, you are in charge of everything. And that is military, that is your, your people's health, that is the money, that is everything that, that is required to live and to, to sustain as a society, these people are in charge of. And at the end of the day, I don't want a guy who's up there scared for his life hmm. or scared of anybody in particular running the country. And ultimately, right now, we're of what happens when you put a person who is a xenophobe uh, in charge of a country. It's, it's literally pandemonium. There is no control. There is, this is as close to anarchy as America is going to get. Mm, I and hope so. yeah, it's, I hope you're right. yeah. it, it, it's pretty scary, man. I, I'm not, I, you know, I, I leave my door every day, not knowing whether or not I'm going to catch some stupid virus. Uh, I leave my door every day, not knowing if I'm going to fucking drive through a riot. Mm. And that's, it's a scary time. It isn't the first time, and it's not going to be the last, um, because history repeats itself. But yeah. um, this is—it it feels more intense than anything. Um, and I do yeah. think that if people were to just find some inner peace, uh, the world would be a little bit better. But hmm. you never know, man. Money corrupts everything, dude. Money can corrupt the greatest of people. You know, I've uh, you know, not to get into too many conspiracy theories, but I've heard that. You know, uh, Mother Teresa wasn't so motherly, you know, like, yeah, because of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, at the end of the day, there's, you know, you have to take everything in this life with a grain of salt. You have to kind of rise above the foam and you have to see with many, many eyes. And uh, the sooner that more people can start opening up their mind and opening up that third eye, the better off we're going to be. Well, I'll tell you something, it would stop. It would stop the ridiculousness of what happened in 2016 with the election. I, I just, as an observer with no skin in the game at all outside of being a citizen on the earth that is affected by decisions that are made within the America, the, the political sphere of the United States, any system that throws up those two fucking candidates is busted. <laughs> it's just yeah. busted. We could see that a mile away. That's why, forget about supporting either one of them. How about you take on the bloody system over there? How on earth did those two people... How, I mean, even now, mate, what you guys have got to choose between Biden and oh, yeah, sniffing, sniffing girls' hair, little girls' hair. You've seen the videos, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it, what yeah, the hell in Trump? Um, 
you know it's it's disgusting and uh one of the peop one of the people that said it best and will be one of the most poignant political uh political movements hmm. is South Park and they oh, said yes. <laughs> choosing between between a giant douche and a shit sandwich that's it's yeah. been like that since before I could even fathom voting. Um, you know, George Bush senior, his running, his running, his running opposition was awful. Uh, Bill Clinton had a, had a slew of garbage on him mm -hmm. before he got elected. And while he was in office, he acted awful. Um, you know, the thing about it is, is, and, 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 and what is, what's ultimately upsetting is you can, you can see this all over the world. And, and this is coming from somebody who also looks at the rest of the world. Like earlier you were mentioning that, you know, Australia doesn't have as much violence as in the United States. And I beg mm -hmm. to differ because every time I've been there, I see, you know, on the news, you know, Aborigine people being, uh, 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 you know, prosecuted and, and, and uh, oppressed uh, to some extent. And, um, you know, it, it, it holds very similar, uh, very similar weight as in the States, you know? Um, and there, there is a huge issue regarding the Aborigine in, in those areas. I mean, especially in like New Zealand and, and in the Western parts of, uh, of Australia. So when you I say mean, New Zealand, do you talk about the Maori or cause they've no aborigines in, uh, unless they move there but uh, they're not yeah my, the... part, pardon pardon my ignorance there but uh, that's that is what i meant i meant the, the, the maori yeah that there is racism against against the the native people of the land and ultimately black people in the united states are are our indigenous people that we forced into into indigenous life um they're not indigenous to the united states and the indigenous people of the United States were murdered. And now we have these injustices the same way, for instance, Germany uh, adjudicates, uh, you know, people from the Middle East the same way America does. And, um, and what, I guess what I'm trying to say is it goes the same with political parties. And mm -hmm. I think because a lot of people mimic the United States. Um, I can't tell you how many fucking Trump lookalikes are now in power all over the world. You yeah, look at Brazil. There's a, there's a there's a Trump in Brazil. Bo Bolsonaro, there's a yeah. tr there, you know, there's a Trump in there's a Trump in the UK. Um, you know the UK was doing the Brexit before uh, before Trump was even elected. So there is this discourse all over the world, and people are polarizing all over the world, and and that's where that's why I think it's important to speak and to say things like listen to each other, have some compassion, because that is how we, that's how we break the system. As we start realizing that actually maybe that conservative belief is not that bad. Mm. And maybe that liberal belief is not that bad. And there is a middle ground, but we need to find it. Breaking the bipartisan system is going to be in step one. Yes. Step two, yeah. step two is fucking getting rid of this fed, this, debt, this fake money that we continue to build that gives nobody power except for the people who create money. The Federal Reserve and you're talking about there, sorry? Is that what you're saying when you say the, the, Fed? the, the Federal Reserve? They hold yeah. the power for the whole world. Mm. 
they hold the power for the whole world. I mean, you got to think everybody bases their their economy off of each other, right? And the standard which we used to create trade doesn't exist anymore. There is no gold. What the fuck? There is no standard. So we just keep printing money and keep going further into this quote unquote debt to yeah. people who literally just sit in a group of other rich motherfuckers and decide what's going to happen to the world. That is not a conspiracy. That is fact. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders existed for that, to, to point that out and to show people and to teach people what an oligarchy is. And it's all over the world. It's not just in the U.S. So I think that if you're going to break a system, it needs to, it needs to happen at a very minute level. And it needs to be with people having just simple conversation with their neighbor hmm. and then with their neighbor's neighbor and then with their neighbor's neighbor, neighbor, you know what I mean? Like you've got to step outside of your circle and you've got to stop being afraid of having a conversation with people who don't agree with you because having a conversation with people who agree with you makes you ignorant. And that's my bottom line. Why do you think the Democrat establishment hated Bernie so much? Because I, I remember talking to Mark about this quite a bit, actually. And uh, he seemed to be the one. I mean, he had some ideas that were, were a bit out there, let's face it, but they could be hammered back into shape. But the Democratic establishment, the Clintons, absolutely hate, hate him. Why, why do you think that is? For the same reason we know that Hillary was a piece of shit and the same reason we know we knew we know that Biden's a piece of shit. They're sold. They they they're equally as sold as Trump is sold. Uh Trump doesn't make decisions for himself. That's why he's deteriorating. That's why he's stressed the fuck out and barely walk and barely hold his his drinks up. He's had a stroke. Uh, because he's stressed the fuck out because he's not running the country and he's being being fucking ridiculed for things that are out of his hands. Hmm. Uh the reason they hated Bernie is because Bernie is a real threat. And the reason any conservative hates Bernie is because it's a threat to money. Because it's, it's a system that devalues this, the current system that we're in. And it requires people to be considerate of, an, of one another. And that's something that people aren't ready to do. And that's why I'm sitting here urging people to have conversations with each other. Mm -hmm. I'm urging the people on the right and on the left to sit there and look at the other person bold faced and ask them the questions that will make them uncomfortable because it will get you to a point of truth. And if you're not seeking the truth, you are a blind, ignorant fool. I'm certainly comfortable with everything we've spoken about. I'll just release it as it is. Please. You know, yeah, please, um, please do. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't say anything in there that I don't stand behind. So, um, yeah, man, fuck racism, fuck racism, let's all love each other, and let's all understand each other, and fucking come see us on the fucking Suicide Science Virtual World Tour, motherfucker. I'll be there, I will be there with my all right. tea. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right, I look then. forward to it, brother. I want to see, uh, I want to see NWO when you, when you come in, dude, I want to see New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that in the chat. Sorry, I'll put that in the chat. Or, or a bunch of little mushrooms. I'll know it's you. <laughs> okay, for sure. I will do it for sure, mate. It'll be a little secret, you know, secret squirrel moment. There you go. <laughs> and uh, and if I could say one more thing. Sure. I can't wait for this to be over so we can come play some real fucking shows, man. I miss Australia so fucking much. And that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Awesome, mate. Move here whenever you feel like it, mate. You'd be adopted as one of our own. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. All right, bud. Thanks very much for the chat, mate. I really appreciate it.
Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Catch ya. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, ladies and gents. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. Hope you enjoyed that one there. That was Eddie Hamida from Suicide Silence. Thanks for listening.